Bulls fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Sign up using promo code CHGO to live your bet life. I am here with my old mate, Mark Hay, Mark Karanzoulis. Uh, We're back for two episodes in one week. Uh, how you doing? How you doing, man? Um, this is the most. This is the most I ever want to talk to you in one week. So we're we're hitting the quota early. The most. I thought you were going to say the uh, like this is just the beginning of the uh, of what could be achieved. Yeah, you, you'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's been a long time since I've podcasted two times in one week. Uh, it's been a while, but um, yeah, hopefully Matt and David are enjoying their time off, and in, in lieu of that, then, you know, we get to chat twice, and hopefully the listeners as well are, are enjoying a, a double up of uh, of Mark and Will. Well, I hope that is true. I hope the people are liking it, and uh, I can't make any promises for them, but I'm but I'm hoping so. Uh, Mark, today I saw a tweet that was later deleted, so take it for take it with a grain of salt. But the tweet said that the NBA is rumored to be expanding to Seattle and Vegas to add two teams, and it sparked in my mind this idea that I've been sort of ruminating on for a little while now which would be to do like a mock expansion draft protections so essentially let's pretend that this expansion draft is actually happening in the nba and i believe typically it would be eight players that you get to protect but to make it a little bit more fun a little bit more challenging what we're going to do here is go back and forth and protect five players each that uh that these expansion teams would not be able to draft to their team. Um, am I am I making sense so far? Do you have any you have any uh, questions before I keep going on the rules here? Because I want the people to to really know what we're doing. So it no, look, just it makes like complete sense. Players out of a hat. No, 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 it, ma- it makes complete sense. I look for, for two reasons. I guess my initial you know, impressions are like irrespective of if there was a tweet which has since been deleted. Like it's Friday. Let's have some fun. But it's, it's just, fun Friday. Uh, it, exactly. But I think just more generally, it's an interesting thought exercise. Like it's a different way of framing the Bulls roster heading into the season. And it's a different way of looking at it. Like we, we, we talk about the team, we talk about the roster, we talk about transactions within the NBA and, and those sorts of things. But like we haven't really looked at things from this perspective before. Not, not, not that we would, because like, why would we? Like this, this expansion isn't the thing that comes around every season, every off season, like, like, the off-season does type thing. It's not. It's not a routine thing. So, in the event something like this were to happen, and like for whatever reason, like AK and Mark obviously had to be forced into a situation where they truly had to pick who their guys were, um, and like it, it is fascinating, particularly with this team at the moment as well, given the the whole continuity aspect of you know the, the messaging of this off-season. Like in the, in in a push push type scenario where you know, AK would have to effectively pick his guys. Like, yeah, okay, cool. You can, you could, you could float out the, the idea of continuity, but if you have to protect eight, six, five, ten of you guys, whatever the number may be, like it'd be, it would be interesting more generally to, to see this play out, to see who the Bulls would protect. But um, yeah, let, let's get into it ourselves anyway, because I, I think it will be a, a fun Friday episode. Awesome. So what we're going to do here is pretend that, you know, we are AK and Mark Eversley, and we're protecting uh, five players each for the Bulls. So basically, for the sake of this exercise, imagine every other team, the 20, 29 other current NBA teams are protecting five of their guys. And each of those team, each of those teams protects five, which means the other teams cannot draft 
from those players. But uh, they do get to draft 12 guys each and are only allowed to pick from one team. So, for example, uh, let's say I'm the Seattle team and I want to draft um, Troy Brown Jr. from the Lakers because he's the best player that they haven't protected. As the Vegas team, I could not then go and draft Thomas Bryant because they've already the Lakers have already had a player drafted from their team. So only one player can be taken per team, and the contract remains. So um, let's say you know uh, Russell Westbrook is being drafted away from uh, the Lakers to Seattle. He would still only be under contract for one year at forty-seven million. Don't ask me how I know that off the top of my head. I just do. And so the, the contract status would remain the same. So are we are we all clear on the rules? I think this makes sense. Yeah, look, I'm going to pretend I know what you're talking about, but I'm sure in the event that I get it wrong that you'll correct me. But um, I think it makes sense. The, the, the key point that I took away from there is if uh, the expansion team is drafting Troy Brown Jr. as one of their key players, then that, that team isn't going to be very good. But nonetheless, um, well, yeah, think I, about it this sure way. Think about it this way. Um, yeah. We're let's say these two teams are each getting twelve players, right? So that's twenty-four mm-hmm. picks, yeah. yeah, right. And so they can only pick uh, twenty-four players. They would pick from twenty-four different teams, mm-hmm. right? Um, you couldn't pick two players from the same team. Yeah. Um, but yes, to your point, if Troy Brown is on that team, <laughs> that team is heading towards uh, the Wimbanyama sweepstakes. Uh, <laughs> But I think it's interesting just from like a thought experiment standpoint too. Um, one, because, you know, we like to play fake GM all the time and decide who we should trade and mm-hmm. who we should keep. Yeah, exactly. And should they trade Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant or should they not? Um, and all sorts of things like that. But uh, in this sort of situation, I think there's sort of a personal element too that, you know, last expansion, I, I feel like was certainly not as... Um, like relevant in the media narrative about it. Like, um, you know, what's, what's going on with the Lakers. I'll just continue to use them as an example. Like if they didn't protect, I don't know, uh, Patrick Beverly and they just signed him, like, would that, what does that say to him? And how does that affect the team chemistry and morale if he doesn't get taken by Mm -hmm. one of these other teams? So I just think it's an interesting, um, sort of thought experiment and I wanted to mess around with it. And so here we are. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I've been racking my brain over like who I would select. Like initially, I was like, yeah, from a Bulls point of view, I, I clearly know who my top five guys are. But then I started thinking about it like a little bit more, and then I was like, oh. I'm, I'm interested to see how how much we, you know, differ in our opinion and what the listeners would think as well. Like obviously, we're recording this as as an audio only episode, but um, obviously, people know where to find us on Twitter by now. Surely at MK Hoops at Won't Godley. If after you've listened to this show, if you have any you know, thoughts to what we're said, any disagreements, I'd be, I'd be interested to hear from, from the people more generally. I think um, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic, but uh, yeah, let's get into it. I'm, I'm keen to uh, break it all down. Well, I think just one more thing is sort of the element of, are you playing to win now? Are you playing yeah. for the long game? Mm-hmm. And so just all these different elements that you could look at. And um, yeah, I think, I think we should just get into it uh, and we can just spend some time going back and forth uh, or do you want to just say your five and I'll say mine? Um, I, for me, I was like thinking about this. I've been thinking about this for a while just as a concept, but I haven't actually like put pen to paper in terms of who I would actually mm-hmm. want to keep around. 
And I feel like I thought about it for a while. I overthought about it for a while. Mm -hmm. I tried to rationalize a bunch of different things. And ultimately, you know, I think because we're only doing five, it is a little bit tricky and it is a little bit challenging. It does force you to sort of pick a direction. But I think I feel pretty comfortable with the guys that I chose. So, uh, yeah. And look, and just to give some, the listeners some background on this, like we were, we were tossing around the idea of like how many, how many players should we select in this instance? Well, should it be five, six, eight, maybe another number, but we ultimately settled on five because we wanted it to be as hard as possible. Um, and, and that just makes it probably more of an interesting conversation. Whereas if you, you're extending that to eight, then maybe you're just talking about your top eight guys in your rotation more generally. Whereas in the scenario where you're, forced to only pick five then ultimately there's going to be someone who misses out um depending on who that player is uh, you know and it could be a, a you know a, a very good player in, in this instance so uh it just makes for a more interesting conversation obviously in actual expan- expansion type rules like there would be further players protected rather than just five but for the sake of this podcast i think it's, it just makes it more interesting to just lock in on five so uh yeah i don't, I don't know how how much we're going to overlap here will but I'm happy to start with um, the guy I think we're both probably going to have. Um, do we start there at least? Yeah, let's just... Uh, why don't you start and just name your first guy and I'll tell you if I also have him. And we can talk okay. about him for a while. And yeah, well, look, way. for me, like the easiest one was like Zach. Ir- irrespective of where where I want my team to go, whether it's you know competing, whether it's trying to be in a tanking situation or like irrespective of that like just in terms of protecting my players like i want to protect the player who has the most scope to be the best player on this team he's already a, a franchise cornerstone we just signed him to a 215 million dollar max deal you have to protect zach levine for a number of different reasons whether it's someone you want to keep on your roster or someone you potentially want to trade in a donovan mitchell type trade it just makes sense obviously to keep him in my opinion at least maybe you disagree but he's he, he certainly would be one of the five that i would be protecting Yeah, he's number one on my list as well. I think it's a no-brainer, as you mentioned, from just like a skill standpoint. Like he's the best player who gives you the flexibility to, you know, win now and win down the road. Um, I think Damar obviously had like a a better season, but, you know, we're we're talking about, you know, protecting this team and this core for the next however many years. Like I think signing signing Zach to a five-year max contract speaks volumes to... Uh, what the Bulls think of him. And I think we should also take that into account when we're making these decisions. Uh, But then also, like you said, I mean, he is the best avenue that they have for a overhaul in the future if they want to go that route in terms of trading him out, getting a ton of draft picks back in, um, potentially young players as well, whatever it may be. If things don't go super well over the next couple of years, I think you want to have that sort of back uh that you know reset button in your back pocket so uh for me zach was easy number one um i think he probably becomes the best player on the team in the next couple of years but uh just the the caliber of guy that he is already the you know financial obligation that they have to him and uh like i said the timeline that he allows you to be good now and good in the future i think is really important for me yeah, and I think this what what this made what made this interesting, and maybe less so for Zach because like I think anyone in this situation would pick Zach. Like, why would he not be in your top five? But like, I 
the way I started framing and thinking about this sort of evolved as I started diving more into the idea of it. Like, and I started really thinking about it from a forward forward view and and from a more of an asset point of view, I guess, which is, I guess there's pros and cons because ultimately these guys are players, they're humans, which I don't, I don't always like thinking about basketball players, these skilled individuals, just as these assets that are on a piece of paper that you can just quickly swing around. But ultimately, like in, in this t- situation, if you're forced to, into, in, into it, like you have to think about it in terms of present value, but also future value. So I think for that reason, like there's going to be some interesting names that pop up on my list or maybe some players who maybe at the moment are seemingly higher in the totem pole in terms of where things sit in terms of actual on-court production for the upcoming season versus what would happen in this scenario where you are only forced into picking five because you do have to think about current value, but you more, probably maybe more importantly have to think about future value. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting exercise. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that we both picked Zach. Like it, I, I would be stunned if anyone didn't have Zach in this scenario. Do you feel like there would be an argument to not protect Zach in this scenario? Because for me, I mean, I was just thinking about it and that's what I'm asking. Like, is there one? Um, I, I couldn't really think of one. No, I feel like maybe maybe some bad ones. Like, yeah, you want to like just test somebody else and like, see if they'd be willing to take him and like clear the, clear the books. And you really wanted to start over for whatever reason, but again, with all of the the future draft capital that the Bulls have already shipped mm. out, a top four protected pick this year to the Magic and a top 10 protected pick in 25 to the Spurs, mm. you can't afford to be bad. You can't look at those as sunk cost, you know, just sunk assets. Like they, you have to be good now um, because you're not, you're, you're not getting the benefit of your own draft pick being good by you being bad so i couldn't really think of one but i was just curious if you had anything in mind but um not really i guess the ultimate zach levine hater would say like the fact that he's on a max deal makes him a terrible contract therefore you couldn't necessarily trade him in a in a donovan mitchell type trade therefore you couldn't move him for future assets if you wanted to pivot to a rebuild type scenario so maybe that's the argument that someone would pose and therefore if you unprotect him maybe like an expansion team in seattle or las vegas see him Maybe like particularly that Seattle team, given like he's from that area, maybe they would like pick him up from that point of view, and then you rid yourself of that terrible contract. And not that I'm not that I agree with any of this, but I'm imagining like that would be the argument. But um, I can't imagine there would be an actual real basketball reason as to why he wouldn't be one of the five protected. But nonetheless, I don't know. The, the, he does have his uh, detractors out there, so maybe they would come up with something a little bit more creative than what I've given them credit for. At the end of the day, I think there's just no real reason to not protect Zach. Uh, so let's not spend spend any more no, time on yeah, it. Who's who's yeah. your number two? Well, you know I'm a big fan of this player. Will. Um, I, I, sp- I specifically love the fact that he's only 21. Um, I have. To I was Patrick Williams. <laughs> I was okay. So I also have Patrick Williams protected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I, I think it's like not that complicated, and you kind of have to. But yeah. I was convinced that you were not going to protect him because <laughs> uh, you wanted to protect somebody that was more win now because you wanted to protect somebody, whatever, whatever it may yeah. have been. I just and it wasn't even because, like, I think you're a hater of Patrick Williams because I really don't like I think you get, you know, you get painted that way on Twitter quite a bit. I really don't think it's what it is. It's just that, like, you want to be reasonable about expectations for him. 
And if the goal is to win today, then is he the best player to have? And and we could have a debate about that right here and now. Um, but I think when you have to put into account, you know, value as a as a trade chip, uh, potential to be, you know, uh, I don't think he's going to be a star player, but a very high end starter kind of player. Um, when you think about uh, positional valuable, like positional, like what, what positions are the most valuable in the NBA right now? It's these big wing defenders who can create their own shot. Um, I really, you know, all things considered, uh, the fact that they drafted him, the fact that he's on a rookie scale contract, the fact that he could be moved, the fact that he could just still improve that he's malleable and can fit in with, you know, a current team, hopefully that can give you scope to improve. I just think he was a, he was a pretty easy one for me to protect. Yeah, and look, even for me, who uh, gets easily annoyed by all these fans who have maybe gone a little too hard, and it's not just the fans, to be honest with you, it's it's the franchise more generally, it's the the television broadcast, and have maybe anointed Patrick a little too soon for my liking. Like, I still, I have always maintained that I view him being a like a high end role player. Um, on draft night, like that caused me some some pushback, obviously throughout. The last couple seasons, that's caused some pushback as well. It'll be interesting to see how it materializes. And in the event that he becomes that player, I think a lot of people will actually turn on Pat. And I'll, the funny, amusing thing will be at that time that I'll be like uh, fully on board the Patrick Williams train if he if he becomes what I think he can, which is a very good and useful player on both sides of the ball, which is something I've always maintained. But like, irrespective of that, like this dude was a number four pick only a couple of years ago. Like it would be insane to not protect him given you've only seen him play for like 80 or 90 games. Like I don't think he's going to be a star, but I still think he will be a very good player. Um, And given that I don't think the Bulls have a lot of scope in terms of having a lot of good players on the roster currently in terms of the next iteration of Bulls, he has to be someone that I protect. So, uh, you know, even if I don't think he's the next Kawhi or, you know, next Jimmy Butler or insert whatever star wing that you want to put in there. Like he's still, I still think he's going to be a good player. And given his age, only 21, given the fact that he's, you know, recently a former fourth overall pick, like if you're not protecting him at this point, you're virtually saying like, I, I'm giving up on him because that's, if you don't view him as one of your top five or so players or one of your top five prospects, then in, in a sense that you're saying, I give up on, a former number four pick. And I'm not at that point where I would be giving up on him, at least from a pure asset point of view. Like even if I don't want him on my next team, then he's still a trade, a trade asset of sorts. Like even look, even if I didn't want Zach on my team, he'd still be someone that would be willing to trade or look to trade like in a, in a Donovan Mitchell type deal. Similarly with Pat, like if, if I'm not convinced that he's um, the second coming of Kawhi Leonard, then maybe I could convince someone else that that's the case. And, um, you know, the fact that he's, he's still young, a former fourth overall pick, still has a, a ton of upsides. To your point, plays a position of need, not for, not just for the Bulls, but the league more generally. Like, yeah, I think you'd be insane not to protect Pat. Yeah, and I also think just from, like, the the standpoint of playing this game, if you can only, if you're another team and you can only draft one player and Patrick Williams is not protected, he's the first one you're going after. Because yeah. his, I think, potential, especially for one of these teams that is presumably going to be you know, rebuilding or going towards, you know, the bottom to try to get, you know, talent in the, in the draft, he's, he's going to be number one. 
And I agree with you. He's, I'm not at the point where I'm ready to give up on him. I think he's going to be a very good player. I'm not sure what his ceiling will be. I'm not ready to put a cap on him, but I also want to be reasonable with my expectations. Either way, I think he's too valuable to what you want to do this year as really the only forward-sized player and down the road where like you you always know that those players are limited. Um, and if you're going to move on from Pat, which I think you and I are maybe a little bit more open to than than most like you at least want to get something really good back in return. And certainly you would not do that if you are leaving him uh, open. So uh, before we get on to the third player, we're two for two right now and we'll see if we um, have any disagreements. I wonder if we will. I'm at first, I thought we definitely would. Now I'm starting to think we might have the same five. That's Uh, what I thought as well. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to make a bet yet. Uh, but speaking of bets, I want to tell you about PointsBet. As you all know, they're our favorite sponsor here at CHGO. And with football season coming up, they are giving you the best way to bet on live games. So before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out your live second half over. With PointsBet, you have access to live football markets more than ever before. Build the same, the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can do spreads, totals, props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive um, or who scores next with points bet lightning bets. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet. Download points bet today and sign up using code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. Uh, very excited about points bet football season is coming up. Obviously they're going to be playing. The bears are playing their first game on Sunday. And we've also got a pretty cool new sponsor that can help you get tickets. If you want some, if you want to tell them about it, Mark, I do. Well, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to tell the listeners about game time. So game time, if you haven't heard, well, more, more generally, as you, as you know, they're, they're a ticketing company, but they are also CHGO's new sponsor. So for those that aren't aware, GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. So if you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you never thought you could previously, whether that's at the 50-yard line, maybe courtside at a Bulls game, behind home plate, or even floor seats at a concert, all of that is possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute tr- price drops can be found on the seat on any seats that you could ever buy, uh, ever imagine to buy, all via the Game Time app. If you're still trying to get a hold of uh, Bears tickets for Sunday, well, I don't know about you, but I'm considering flying all the way from Australia to to go watch Justin Field and the Bears. That's how much a big, of a big uh, Bears fan that I am. I'm going to need to get my hands on some um, on some Bears tickets. So do you know what I'll be going to? I'll be going straight to Game Time, trying to find any last minute uh, seats that I can find there. Where do they play at Soldier Field? Is that where the Bears play, Will? Is that, is that a thing that they do? For now. They're For now. Maybe, so moving, see, I, uh, I know my maybe moving to Arlington Heights, so we'll see. I, I don't know where that is, but I know where Soldier Field supposedly is. But nonetheless, wherever the Bears are playing, I'm heading over to game time and I'm, I'm getting my hands on some tickets. So if you love CHGO, then you will love game time. The best way to support us here at CHGO is by buying your tickets through the link in description in this episode of the podcast. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the uh, the game time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. 
So we've got Damar, uh, excuse me, we've got Patrick and uh, Zach Levine both protected. I guess I kind of spilled the cookies here uh, and (laughs) spilled the whatever. Uh, Damar was next on my list. I know we're doing this the other way, but uh, is he protected on yours too as well, Mark? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is this list that where is your list at least in order? No. Okay, cool. Because mine isn't necessarily in order either, but like just the way I've written it down. And Demar was on my list, so we are Woo! three from five Scared at me. this point. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting one because he's thirty-three, uh, probably next, not part of the next great Bulls team, unless that next great Bulls team is the one that we're about to witness this season. Um, I don't think that's a, a hot take of all, uh, but maybe I'm wrong in that fact. But I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. But nonetheless, the dude was an All NBA guy. Uh, all-star player last season, uh, presumably, even if he doesn't replicate the exact same thing that he did last season, we'll, we'll still probably be at a, a level where he's a top 20, top 30 level player at worst. So, I mean, unless for whatever reason you just hate his contract, which is not even bad at this point, it's effectively a two-year deal. Uh, if you, for whatever reason, wanted to pivot away from uh, your current arrangement where you're trying to win basketball games and move into a, a complete tank scenario. Like they're the only reasons again, that I would possibly foresee that you would, wouldn't want to protect them all. But even from a, like just a pure business point of view, if I've got my, uh, my Reinsdorf hat on and if I'm trying to get into the eighth seed in, in the, uh, in the Eastern conference, that way I can, you know, get a couple of home games and get some playoff revenue from that point of view and line my pockets in that sense. Um, I would want Damar on my team because he's your best chance at winning games. He's your best chance at keeping games close. And as we saw last season, in the event games are close, he's someone that you can count on that you can get the ball to and he's either going to create a play for himself or others. And as we saw last season, more often than not, that led to uh, really good scenarios for the Bulls. So I just don't foresee a reason why you wouldn't want to protect Damar, even if you're not necessarily bullish on him being... You know, even if he's not even here beyond his next deal, like he's still someone that adds value on the court and arguably is your best player. So what how would you not want to protect him, I guess? Well, I think you you hit on most of what I wanted to say, but I think the off-court stuff is also pretty important here. Damar basically was the Bulls culture and was, you know, implemented that culture for the first time in five years. Like they were completely aimlessly wandering around. Uh, not bad enough to get real talent, not good enough to make the playoffs, just on the wrong side of you know the treadmill of mediocrity. And that was just so hard to watch. I mean, we made fun of coaches. We you know yelled at front offices. They put up billboards, all this stuff. Like All of that was as a result of the fact that there was just zero uh, foundation for building a good team. And Damar has brought all of that in. Obviously, like the play is one thing. And I mean, we should definitely not gloss over that. As you said, I mean, he was just amazing last year. There are only, you know, X amount of guys in the world who are as good at uh, as, as what Damar was last year. And like, you just, you can't get rid of those guys. Um, but just from an off the, off the court standpoint too, like the way that he's mentoring some of the younger players, the way that um, he's just like, reestablish the bulls as a real market where maybe they can get free agents. Maybe they are taken a little bit more seriously around the league. Uh, I just don't think you can really put a price on that. So um, for me, DeMar was a pretty easy one. 
like I said, you know, if you wanted to really blow it up and, you know, just go south, then like keep DeMar and trade him. Um, I don't really think that's a good idea, as we mentioned before. And we'll continue to mention they can't really afford to do that with the outgoing draft pick situation. But like he's way more valuable to you um, as an asset, even if like you wipe away all the basketball stuff, all the off court stuff, all the mentorship and culture stuff. He is more valuable to you as an asset than not having him. So uh, that was another pretty easy one for me. Yeah, agreed. And like, this was maybe one that I started thinking more generally on, like, just is he someone that I definitely want to protect or not? But then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, clearly he is someone that you have to protect. So it wasn't, I don't know why, but I thought maybe he would be one that I have more questions on. But the more I thought about it, the more I looked at the Bulls roster, it was like, no, he's... He's someone that's part of this five, so easy does it. So, so should we head to the next one then? Given that we're yeah, so I just I just want to say we did not share these lists with each other. No, no, so no. I don't know who who Mark has. He doesn't know who I have, um, and so I think we're probably getting to the point where we might start to see some discrepancy. So, hopefully, uh, yeah, Mark, who's <laughs> who's uh, who's number four for you? Well, um, it is Gore. No, it's not Gore. Uh, <laughs> this was this is where. To be honest with you, this is where it started to get a little bit tough. Um, and maybe Agreed. yeah, the first three um, were pretty pretty easy. For yeah, they were pretty straightforward. So I'm not surprised that we were aligned on those three. But the next couple is where I started having more like internal dialogue in terms of who I would select. So I would imagine that would have been the same for you. But uh, look, maybe some would expect me to pick Nikola Vucevic here, um, but I'm not going to. I'm actually going to select Io Desunmu, who mm, I think a take that I'm working on will. And uh, look, I'm not sure if uh, I'm going to be proven right on this, and I hope I am. But uh, it'll be funny, and it'll be kind of uh, ironic com- it coming from me, given my position on Io at, at the time of the draft. But I think there's a real chance that Io, at least like like in six months' time or 12 months' time, we're looking back on the season, the 22-23 season, and saying that, I assume is actually the Bulls' yes, our best young player. Uh, I think that's possible. I think that's a a, a a real outcome. And given, I think the the his ability to play both ends, the fact that he plays, uh, can play a number of positions. I love his temperament. I love the way he goes about it. Uh, I just I I think he's someone that every single damn team would want on their roster. So like, why would you not want I? The fact that he's a Chicago kid, only twenty two. Um, or possibly going on to 23. But nonetheless, he's a young guy, still a ton of upside with this guy. Um, and I have just zero concerns or zero questions about him reaching his his absolute ceiling. Whatever that ceiling is, like we can debate that for days, but I, I think he's going to get there irrespective of whether that is like just a high-level role guy, a star, whatever you whatever you feel about Io. Uh, he's just got the right personality and temperament to get there so he's certainly someone that i would want to protect and i would not want to see playing for another team and given that the bulls run of draft picks over the last few years and by last few years really last five years none of them have really hit it at this point um i think i think io is someone who has a chance to be a real hit so the the this idea or this notion of losing him because you you had unprotected him or you picked others uh would be really problematic to me i'd, I'd hate to see him being like your best draft pick over the last five years and him all of a sudden playing for a different team. So I have to have Io in this selection uh, for a number of reasons, but just more generally, he's, he's, he's really damn good. And I think he has a chance to be the Bulls' best young player. So I have to keep him. 
You're making me regret that I didn't put him on on my oh, so on my five protected. Uh, first disagreement here. I wow. love Io. He's obviously been like a complete revelation, and I think this was the hardest one for me to leave off. Obviously, like if I had six, he'd be there for sure. Um, I I don't know if uh, if I should get into who I had, and that will help me explain the reasons why I didn't take Io. But I think for me, it was more about like established players who you know are already really good in their role like io is going to be very good i'm, I'm confident in that but like there isn't any certainty there you know like we can't 100 know what the future for him will be like and if he just is what he is right now which again unlikely but that could be the case uh then i feel like i'm sacrificing a little bit more certainty and upside with some of the other guys that i've taken so again I think Io is really good. I totally agree with you that, you know, he has potential to actually be the Bulls' best young player. Um, you know, I'm still holding out hope for Patrick, but for me, the other two guys that I selected provided a little bit more high-level play, a little bit more certainty around them to where I couldn't really pass that up, and and I am really regretting it. We'll go on. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here's number four. Uh, number four for me was Alex Caruso. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you not have him? Well, do you want me to spoil my number five or? Well, you can just say yes or no. <laughs> well, I, guess in that, <laughs> I guess in that sense, then um, I guess I would be spoiling my fifth, but yes, I do have him. Okay. So we're square on Caruso. I think for me, and the reason why he was a lock where Io wasn't is because I know what I'm getting from him. I know the contract is really good and I'm going to have to pay Io this upcoming summer. I, I feel comfortable for the Bulls to do that, but um, you know, if I'm restructuring my cap sheet and like protecting the assets that I want to protect, um, you know, is paying Io $15 million a year a better value than having Caruso at nine? Um, I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made that that's true, but for me, I know what I'm getting in Alex Caruso he is one of the league's best defensive players. I would not be surprised if, you know, if health permits, he's uh, all defensive first or second team player. Um, he completely is like a defensive force and like system onto himself. And um, yeah, I just, I think his kind of play where, where you're that good, both on and off the ball defensively, where you can space it out and shoot it, where you provide athleticism, um, and just like a general leadership and extra coaching ability that I think the Bulls really, you know, don't have in a lot of other ways. Like you mentioned uh, on the show yesterday, there's just there's so many laconic guys on this team, and, and Caruso, through his play and his and his personality, I think provides this element of um, just yeah, like leadership and vocal dog in him that the Bulls just don't really have in a lot of other spaces. So Caruso. Yeah. Uh, I think was I was pretty comfortable putting him in my fourth spot. Yeah, look, so for me, uh, the reason why I also had him, and like for all the reasons you touched on, but like I think you could argue from a pure plus minus perspective, and you know, just advanced numbers more generally. Like, uh, and mate, I know Lonzo maybe grades out a little bit higher last season just because the games he played were were at, you know the peak of the bull season, and maybe some of. Uh, Caruso's numbers have been watered down towards the back end of the season where things started to fall off. But 
I think you can make a, uh, an argument that maybe beyond DeMar that Caruso was the Bulls' most impactful player last season in terms of pure uh, plus-minus advanced numbers, those sorts of things. Um, so I think when you start going into that territory and diving deep into there, like I'm not suggesting Caruso is a better player than Zach Levine, but in terms of pure impact, in terms of what he brings to this specific team, uh, yeah, he's, he's hugely important. But I think more generally as well, like he's – and I spoke about this with Io in terms of every team would love to have a backup guard who can play both positions, who can play both ends of the court. Well, that's exactly Caruso as well. So in the event that I wanted to move Caruso in a deal, uh, I'm pretty confident that 20, 29 other teams would be interested in uh, placing a call and getting on the phone and at least having discussion as to what that – you know, what that may uh, – entertain or what, what it may look like, I guess, because who would not want Alex Caruso on their team, whether it's as a starting point guard or as a backup guard, like he just has so much value. So yeah, uh, we, uh, I guess it ruined the reveal somewhat of my last pick, but he was on my last pick, which I guess then get leads into the conversation of uh, who we've let, omitted, but nonetheless, we can get that, get into that shortly, but I guess you have to reveal now that you're uh, your fifth dude. So I did not choose Io. I chose Lonzo. Mm. Um, I I went a couple of different directions on this, and I think uh, again for me it just came down to the fact that he is already so established to be one of like the elite defensive players in the league to be um, a dead eye three point shooter on super high volume. And to be able to like move the ball, get in transition and do all these things that made the Bulls really great when they were really great. Um, Obviously, we've talked a bunch, including on yesterday's show about, you know, finding ways to overcome his loss. And I think the injury and the contract really gave me the most pause. This was the toughest decision for me by far was to include Lonzo and not Io. Uh, Lonzo making 20 million a year over the next three um, I was, uh, I believe he's up for a contract this year because the bulls were only give, uh, able to give him a two year deal because he was a second round draft pick. So they're going to have to pay him. Lonzo's under contract. I know the injury stuff is a very real concern, but he's still only 24 and I think he is already really, really good and still has room to grow if he can stay healthy. Um, that's a big part of it, but I think both present day and longer term, he's somebody that I would want to have around. I think obviously like just because he's really good, but more broadly, and I think this applies to Caruso as well. Like if you're going to be a really good team, you need cheap, not cheap, but like reasonably contracted players who are really good on both sides. I think of like Mikel Bridges, um, Jay Crowder, uh, PJ Tucker, guys like that over the past couple of years who have like been starters on finals, conference finals, championship teams every team needs those guys. And like Lonzo and Caruso are paid like those guys because they perform like those guys. And I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, they're actually better. Um, and they've just suffered from certain, you know, health, uh, or injury ailments. So I, I think with that group of Lonzo Caruso, Patrick, Damar, and Zach, you are giving yourself the best, uh, product right now. You are setting yourself up well for the future um, on a pretty clean cap table. And I think you maintain some of the things that are the least replaceable on the free agent market. So for me, 
again, super tough decision. I know people are going to be angry that I didn't protect Io. Uh, as I said, it was between him and Lonzo, so that was a really tough one for me. But it came down to me uh, the shooting and just like the the fact that he Lonzo is just way more established to be a, a super high level starter on what can be a really good team. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the Lonzo one was was a difficult one uh, to 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 rationalize, and I know yesterday we spoke about the fact that it's confirmed effectively that Lonzo is going to be absent for all, the next few weeks of Bulls basketball. He's clearly not going to be at training camp. We'll see what happens for the start of regular season, all that sort of stuff. But I, I just, I where I was coming from this more generally was I. Even if Lonzo gets back from this particular knee injury, whether it's at the start of this season or whenever it may be, like I just have, I, I just can't put much faith in this guy being a healthy rotational player going forward. And, and I'm not just, I'm not just basing that on his, you know, his time with the Bulls. Obviously, uh, you know, he had, prior to the Bulls, he had a really good season with the uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans. But before that, like he was injured with LA. Like this isn't his first knee injury. He's missed time with other injuries in the past. Four of his five seasons in the NBA at this point, at least have been marred with injury. You've got him on a big, a big deal. Um, maybe not in, in terms of dollars, but like three guaranteed years left, including the season that's about to come up. So in that sense, I was kind of um, thinking of it from a pure asset point of view. And in the event that, for whatever reason, like you're not confident in Lonzo being available for, my, uh, you know, much of the seasons. Like if he, if he's only going to be a part-time player going forward, whether that's due to, you know, further sustained injuries or because you have to manage him in order to get him through a season, and he's only available for like fifty or sixty games, and you're only getting that amount of output out of him, and you're paying him effectively twenty million dollars to do so. I I just wonder if it's the best use of an asset. So. From that point of view, because I'm coy about what Lonzo will be in terms of uh, a player, and noting that there is risk, obviously, in this as well, that maybe he does get healthy, maybe in the next two or three years he's completely fine, and you know this idea of unprotecting him looks really bad in 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 in, in the recourse of it all. But just based on what we know at the moment, which is the fact that he's going into another year where injury is clouding uh, a season, which ultimately, in my mind, at least, is clouding. Uh, what has been and potentially what will be, I, I just I'm not um, I'm not confident about what where things are headed with Lonzo more generally, and I'm just uh, I can't protect him at this point. Like I can't leave off an IO or um, in in place of Lonzo, and it, to me, it ultimately became a, a decision of do I want Lonzo or Caruso? And I don't, I don't know. In this instance, I think just Caruso is probably just as impactful as Lonzo. I understand one comes off the bench and one is a starter. The games are very different, but one's also only earning, you know, eight, nine million dollars, while the other guy's at twenty million dollars. So that was really what I came down to in terms of my calculation of it all. Yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. And that's pretty much exactly where I was struggling with it too. Um it's a it's just a really tough one. Like Lonzo, it's not like he's 29, 30. Uh like I I note that we both left Vooch off, and it's not like he's, you know, in his uh early thirties, like you know, headed down, like he's 24, he could still get better. Um, the health stuff is certainly a concern. And, you know, just for the sake of like this game and exp- like sort of rationalizing it this way, like for me, uh, I left, 
IO and Dale and Terry off the list unprotected mm -hmm. because, you know, if a, if a team was going to take one of them, then you kind of get the other one. Like they're, you know, they're, they're not yeah. going to get the other. So yeah. uh, I felt a little bit more comfortable, you know, because they, those guys are pretty similar in terms of play style. I think IO has, you know, a little bit more potential there and obviously has proven it for, for a year that, that Dylan hasn't, but um, just in terms of their skill set and what they provide, I felt okay losing one of those as opposed to Lonzo. Really, really tough call for me though. Um, but let's talk about Vooch for a second. Uh, after after we do a quick uh, word from our sponsor, Foco. Yeah, well, let me tell them tell them this is about uh, Foco. Will um, as we as we know, um, I am a big fan of Foco and the work they do, and just 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 more generally because they provide amazing, amazing gear for, for Chicago sports fans. Obviously, Chicago, like we've already got you covered with in terms of your best sports coverage here at CHGO. So if you want to match that with uh, with your fit, with your collectibles, whatever it may be, then head over to uh, foco.com. These dudes, I've got you covered from anything from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side. If you want hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. If you want to get decked out like Demar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles, then head over to Foco. If you're looking for the perfect gift for that football fan in your life, if anyone listening in wants to send me a Justin Fields signed jersey or a Justin Fields bobblehead, whatever it may be, like just head over to Foco, do so from there, get yourself a Justin Fields uh, collectible. And when you do so, you're going to get 10% off by using the promo code CHGO. That's available to all listeners. That's available to everyone that wants to tune in and use that promo code. If you do that, any pre-sale item, promo code CHGO, you'll get 10% off. So, Will, I'm, I'm hoping with the football season just to, hear, uh, to, uh, to start off this week that, um, you know, just because we've known each other for a long time, that we've been doing this for a long time, that maybe you wanted to, you know, give me something Bears-related in terms of a gift. Um, I, I would appreciate that more generally, but if you could do so via Foco, that, that, that would be really appreciated, mate. Well, if there's one thing I've learned about you over the past couple hours podcasting, it's that <laughs> you love golf, you love football, <laughs> football apparel and betting on football games. So oh, I'm ready good. to hook you up on all fronts. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Um, but let's, uh, let's switch gears back to Vucevic who, um, we've both sort of protected against, uh, not not protected against the expansion draft, but we have protected against criticism uh, throughout the course of the year. But we both left him off. His honor. I think We've probably, protected his honor. <laughs> <laughs> probably uh, for similar reasons. For me, it was pretty much age, production, and contract. Yeah. You know, to, to boil it yeah. down. I mean, uh, look, Vooch, I think, is better than what a lot of people think. Um Certainly did not play his best basketball last year, but was also really impactful in a lot of ways. And I think um, was a big part of the Bulls' success. And for whatever reason, drew a lot of the ire that uh, that was thrown towards the Bulls for their struggles. Um, I don't think the Bulls' defense collapsing was on Vooch. I don't think the fact that the Bulls were last in three-point attempts per game was on Vooch. Um, I think the fact that Vooch didn't hit a high amount of his threes was on Vooch, but you know, that, that happens like people's three point shot fluctuates. He was mm -hmm. a little bit over his career average two years ago and a little bit under this past year. 
my guess is it bounces back up to around that 35 mark. And I'm curious to see what happens when that happens and like, you know, what, what the perception of him is. But for a guy who's 32 already, who is going to be a free agent after this year, I'm at the point where for the sake of this game, I'm kind of like daring another team to take him because I don't really see a way that the bulls can turn him into another asset. And I don't really see how another rebuilding team would feel that way unless they're like really trying to go for it somehow. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a question I was going to pose to you. Like it is a risk. Obviously he's, well, I mean, you can, you could say he's your third best player. Maybe he's not, maybe he's the fourth, fifth, sixth, depending on how you feel about other guys and how you feel about Vooch. Maybe some even view him lower than that based on uh, some of the rhetoric classes. But nonetheless, I guess the, the, maybe some of the bet here is, you know, how you feel about him projecting him on this roster moving forward, but also like, the bet here is maybe, I mean, would an expansion team even be interested in, in, in it? That's kind of what I'm saying is I, yeah, I think like, I'm, I'm daring them to take him and thinking they're yeah, going to do it. I, th- I think that's a fair and reasonable risk. Like, whereas, uh, and which is why I wanted to not risk that with guys like Pat and Io and maybe Caruso as well, because like they're guys that I would imagine, even though they're role guys and players who are probably, um, you know, you could, you could argue as to, if they're better players or than than um, Vooch or not, hopefully in the upcoming season they will be. And if they are, then then that means hopefully it's good things for the Bulls. But I suppose like there would be players that I would expect any team to snap up pretty quickly. Whereas uh, soon to be, well, he's thirty two at this stage. A guy who's clearly, um, you know, not he's more ground bound in the in the sense of how he plays the game. If he loses even half a step athletically. That's a lot, given that he doesn't have a lot, a big baseline on that perspective. So, uh, I think there's a chance for Vooch to fall off a cliff pretty quickly. Um, so, I, I'm just, I just don't think there is a chance, a chance that a team would really want to take, uh, would would really want to select him unless they just want a volume score for whatever reason to someone that can give you 20, 25 points in, on a on a bad team as we've seen on this as we've seen him doing, you know, for years there in Orlando. But I don't know. That's that that would be a risk I'd be willing to willing to take in this scenario at least. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that as well. For me, it's much more sort of frightening that uh, one of Io or Dale and Terry gets picked off. And I think one of them certainly would. And and my guess is that it's Io, uh, which is, again, part of the reason why I struggled so much was, you know, is a team willing to take on Lonzo or Io? And I think if I'm another team, I'm probably going to want Io as a rebuilding team who is probably not going to be very good. He is a cheaper contract. He's going to give you high level play. And I I just think he's somebody that I would start, you know, the rebuilding process with more so than Lonzo. So I think in that sense, there's an argument there to, to switch to IO. Um, But I'll, but I'll hold strong there. Was, was there anyone for you, Mark, that, um, that you really struggled with uh, other than the guys that we've talked about in terms of, you know, guys that you thought you might want to keep on the list, or is there anyone that you think other teams would be, you know, really after in the way that, you know, I think I'm talking about with IO? Yeah, look, I think the main one that I was going back and forth on and who I assumed would be in my top five were, were Vooch and Lonzo, but then the more I thought about it, that's when they sort of exited that realm and uh, we're just on the precipice, I suppose. I is it is it wrong of me at all that I did not consider Dale and Terry for this 
for this exercise at all. Like I, if someone takes him, I, I wouldn't really care to be honest with you. And maybe that speaks to my general view of Dale and Terry as a, as a, as a prospect and as a player moving forward. Like I didn't love the pick. I didn't hate it either, but like, I'm not convinced that this guy is going to be a good player in the NBA. And I'm certainly not convinced that he's going to add any value to a team, to the bulls at least anytime soon. And, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but you know, I'm just listening to you sort of rationalize the the whole IO versus Dalen. And if they take one, then fine. But then you still got one left over. Like in, in that scenario, I would be absolutely devastated if a team took IO and I was left with Dalen. Like I would, I would be pretty mad at that point. Um, so that was one of the reasons why I had to protect uh, Io, but like I, I did not give one second of thought at all to protecting Dale and Terry. And again, maybe that just speaks to how I view him. But beyond that, I thought it was like beyond the like six or seven guys, there was no one else that really I gave thought to. Like if you if you lose Derek Jones Jr. or Javante or Andre Drummond or uh, Goran Dragic, like whoever it may be, like. It wouldn't really well. I'd be surprised if a team is one selecting any of those guys. But ultimately, like, is is losing one of those guys to an expansion team for whatever reason? You just take them off your team. Is that is it really that problematic? I, I don't necessarily think it is. Yeah the the only other guy that you didn't mention was Kobe. Um, yeah, true. I think that's another situation where the Bulls are hoping, obviously, that he turns into the player that you know when you draft somebody seventh overall, that's the kind of player that, you know, that you want to contribute. Uh, but we haven't seen it yet. And Kobe's going to be um, on the, he's the, this in the last year of his contract. Uh, I, I think he could be somebody that another team looks at and says that they want to, you know, see, see what they can get out of him. Um, I, I wonder if they would choose him over IO. I doubt it. Um so I, I think for me, like basically breaking this all down and looking at it from the other perspective of if I'm the expansion team and I see that the Bulls have protected, you know, the guys that I've listed, uh, Zach Damar, uh, Lonzo Caruso and Patrick, who am I going after? And I think the easy answer is Io for me. I think he's more valuable as a player and uh, as a prospect and as an asset than Kobe Um and I think when you look at it that way, I think it's actually much closer than I even originally thought with Lonzo, where, you know, I think basically part of the reason why you've selected it this way is because you've already sort of rationalized in your mind that Lonzo's not going to be there. And so if another team takes him, then it doesn't matter because he's already not going to be there. Mm. And so for me, I I still think he is so integral to what the Bulls need to be if they're going to be good that I think that swing on upside for me was more valuable, even at the price, even with the risk associated. Um, but again, it does really hurt to put IO out there knowing that another team is definitely, I mean, he's going to be the one that another team is looking at. Yeah, for sure. So in, in, in summary, then effectively we've got four of the five, the same as Zach, Demar, Patrick and Caruso, if I'm not mistaken. And then yep. I had IO, you had Lonzo and, um, yeah, I think you're wrong in that, but nonetheless, that's why I'm the better GM. Clearly, that's what we've established here today. Yep, and you can uh, <laughs> walk around the golf course with your pins, pins and, aces and aces and Foco and uh, and flaunt it to all the other people that you're playing with. So, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add, or should we wrap it up here? 
No, look, just that this was fun. Uh, like I said at, uh, at the top, like we, we talk about roster construction all the time. It's, it's maybe something we talk too much about you know, in basketball and maybe less about the on-court product and more so around the transactional side of things. And maybe it shouldn't be that way, but nonetheless it is. So knowing that, that, that this transactional element of talking about basketball and sports more generally is such a focus to you and I and everyone at CHGO and everyone listening in, like this was just a different way of looking at it and, and an interesting way of looking at it and a different lens to apply it at all. So it just made it a little bit more of a fascinating topic rather than just discussing the normal thing like, uh, you know, what's going to happen with Kobe's contract or what's going to happen with Vooch's contract. Like it was just a, it, it was just an interesting exercise in the event that you were forced into, you know, keeping guys, you know, when push come to shove type scenarios were to prevail, like where would you ultimately land? And, you know, as we noted, we, we picked four of the five same, but I, I, I assumed we would get, there would be some, um, there'd be some differences and ultimately we found one, but uh, yeah, surprise. Let me ask you this. <laughs> let me, uh, let me ask you this. If we were able to protect another player, a sixth player, yeah. who yeah. would it have been for you? Hmm. Uh, in that sense, I probably would have gone Lonzo, maybe. Yeah. Um, like it, it's not like I because I didn't have him in the top five that I had him like tenth or something like that. Like he was in the the real conversation or just on the precipice. But I guess if we push can to shove, then I wanted Io or Caruso over Lonzo because I feel like they're more. Like I, I feel like I'm more comfortable. Oh, I'm going to get more out of more, more production out of those dudes. Um, both in the short and long terms. So that's ultimately where I landed. If I had to pick one more, it would it would have been Monzo. If I had to extend that to seven, then I probably would pick Vooch in that instance. Yeah, that was my question. Is like how far down the list do you have to get before you protect Vooch? Yeah. And for me, I think I probably uh, I I don't know. Like I I'm not even sure I would protect him down to eight because again Who I'm just daring another. T- Kobe. I think I would protect uh I don't think I would or protect Dalen. Kobe. I think I would protect Dalen. Mm, okay. And just because uh the versatility, the upside, the contract, um, I think that's very valuable. And I think that's something that more teams would be interested in taking. Um, whereas I just don't think that Vooch is somebody that other teams are gonna be interested in given his contract situation. Um, even just like taking the the decline and the age aside of it. Like if I'm a new team, I'm not going out and getting, you know, an expiring contract to try to build around. I'm flipping those contracts or taking those contracts in, uh, you know, to try to also bring in other assets in the form of um, draft picks. So I just don't think that one of these other teams would be taking a center. And I think other teams who are protecting players would probably feel the same way where, you know, maybe the Pelicans don't protect Jonas Valanciunas or uh, the Pacers don't protect Miles Turner or the Blazers don't protect Yusuf Nurkic. And so let's pretend all these guys are available. Is Vooch even the one that they're taking? So for me, I just, and it's not because I don't, wouldn't be fine with Vooch playing on the Bulls. It's just that I don't think another team would go after him. And I think that brings up a ton of other interesting questions about his contract, his, his future contract and where he sort of lies with the Bulls longer term. But um, I guess Dalen for me would probably be seven and then maybe Vooch after that. But, you know, I think there's an argument to be made for 
uh, protecting like a value contract. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say Drummond because he's, I don't think that valuable, but like he's the first name I can think of uh, who is like a reasonably um, like high level role player uh, on a cheap contract. I think might be a little bit more interesting for a team that's like trying to keep the books clean. Um, I don't know. I I would have to think more about that, but um, I just think from, you know, the standpoint of like, what are, what are these other teams going to do? And as one Mm -hmm. of these expansion teams, who am I going to be looking at? I just don't see Vooch as being that guy. Yeah. I mean, that's not unreasonable in the, in the way you framed it, but at the same time, you know, if I was in a situation where I had to protect either Andre Drummond or Nikola Vucevic, and I don't believe in some cost theory and the whole thing about that, but I think I would just inevitably have to protect Vooch in that scenario, given that what all the things that the Bulls have paid to to get him in. Like, could you imagine a scenario where you've traded Wendell Carter, two future <laughs> first-round picks? Um, one of them's materialized into the number eight pick and then the one upcoming in 2023 has a legitimate chance of being another lottery pick, um, given how tight the East will be this season. Like, you've given all that up. And then in the scenario, you're not protecting Vooch, but then you're also actively protecting Andre Drummond. Yeah, I don't think I would protect. And again, like the game itself, if you were to unprotect both Drummond and Vooch, then only one of them could be taken. You're still left with another center. And then, uh, you know, hopefully Marco or Tony Bradley can give you. I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) But I think just for the sake of the game, it's an interesting debate. But anyway, uh, this was fun for me. I hope it was fun for you. And all of those who are listening, uh, fun Friday episode, uh, season's coming up pretty soon. And so I think we're going to have some more scope to get creative here, looking um, into what should be hopefully an exciting season. Um, But I think for me, that's all I've got. Mark, uh, as always, great talking with you. Find him on Twitter at MKHoops. I'm at Won't Gottlieb. And we will see you next week. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com